the hot side hot cold side cool i don't know what you're talking about the mcdlt i don't remember this gimmick you don't remember the mcdlt no okay how old are you but like you know figuratively don't tell us how old you are i'm under 40 well that's pretty good okay Eh. yeah but like a baby is under 40 (laughs) Uh, yeah, also true, but I'm not a baby, obviously. Goo goo ga baby don't understand the DLT. <laughs> ba- to be fair, baby couldn't eat McDLT, right? Probably not. You have to chew it up and, and spit it into baby's oh, mouth. Oh, and that's gross. Baby doesn't like that. How, why, how, why did human babies turn out this way? You know what I mean? <laughs> why don't they like? Uh, oh, food boobs. being regurgitated. So, wow. wow! How could you forget what some wow. of your favorite things? Wow! His boobs. Yeah. But you ever think like a, a, a bird, a, fe- a, a female, a female bird, a mother bird is you know throwing up in her mouth for the tenth time of the day? She's like, "That's boobs. I guess one of those boobs." <laughs> Can you imagine how not aerodynamic boobs would be on a bird? <laughs> okay. Well, this is what happens when you play God. <laughs> No, McDonald's was playing God with the McDLT. They they had a, a a burger, and the idea was that they wanted to serve you a California burger. Okay. But not um, the shredded lettuce of a Big Mac. It's like a, a, a sheaf, you know, a, a slice of lettuce, uh-huh. a fresh tomato. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe some cheese or something. Got mayo. And then you stick it all together. What do you got? A mushy McDonald's hamburger, like mm. every other hamburger. Yeah. So the solution was a two-lobed container that was about this long, and I'm making a, it's about 13 inches. Yeah. And you put all the hot stuff on one side, all the cold stuff on the other side, and it sort of flips down. Whoosh, McDLT. Oh, Here's the okay. problem. Hmm. Here's the problem. Penguins have uh, skin cancer because the ozone layer is being slowly eaten away from the poles. And all the CFCs, yes. Yeah. Uh, with fluorocarbons, which are in plastics, those kind of plastics, which we are manufacturing out of control, and we're in the quarter pounder container, the Big Big Mac container, the mm-hmm. hamburger container, all the way down to whatever chicken nuggets, whatever mm-hmm. was all that crink- crinkly kind of uh, plastic stuff that you don't see anymore. We have it now, and it's either okay to make it or they have a different process. But this stuff was yeah. everywhere, right? And so right when this is like the mid '80s, like right when this was starting to become a big thing on the news mm-hmm. uh the, the ozone layer and all that um george costanza was in a commercial where he's dancing through the streets and going hey you like the hot side hot the cold side cool jerry and th- it just became emblematic of 
this problem and like corporate irresponsibility. And so okay, immediately McDLT pulled, and I think they tried Gone. to like they tried to bring it back without it, and it didn't really work. Or it, the, the brand, the well, she was poisoned at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I thought I thought in my mind. They were trying to sell you a sandwich that was hot, half hot and half cold. And I, have, I think it probably had bacon, too. The, the name just seems to right. suggest it has bacon. I, I thought you were saying there was a half hot sandwich, half cold sandwich. And I'm listening. I, I was like, this sounds absolutely disgusting. Um, but, okay, what you're suggesting, I, I get the gimmick. I understand the gimmick, but uh, wow, how is that incredibly wow? wow. Yeah, and Jerry, incredibly horrible for the environment. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Uh, the good news is corporate responsibility works. Yes, you know why? We're uh, not all wearing one million sunblock, Sarah Connor. <laughs> Things changed because of the rug, 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 rug. The Rugulations? Rugal, Delicious. <laughs> They're like chocolate and cinnamon. Regulations? Yes. Then suddenly the ozone layer is coming back. Weird. It's almost like humans affected the planet somehow. Yeah, it's strange. Who would, who would think that, that some weird sci-fi notion that people what are, are affecting the Deflector planet? shields? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... We can't be as political as, as I want to be, though, right? Uh, I don't know. We can certainly try. I don't know. I don't think that we probably should. Okay. Because it's the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And we're here to report all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. That's right. Wherever that may take us. Mm-hmm. Um, but not outside. I just mean, like, uh, no. figuratively, where's that going to take us? I mean, we could go outside. We just have to be six feet away from everybody at all times, which honestly gives me more anxiety. So I just choose to stay inside because, yeah. Has no one, uh, this, this this is time. It's time for an entrepreneur okay. to develop a device that allows you to stay six feet away from somebody else at all times. Um. And then I was talking to my some family the other enterprising, day. Enterprising. That doesn't sound interesting. Uh, celeb- <laughs> find some enterprising celebrity who's exactly six feet tall. Um, Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. He's probably around six feet, right? Mm-hmm. He seems taller, but that's the camera, right? Mm-hmm. And just say, and plus he's like, you know, he's got, he seems like a guy who's got a sense of humor, you know, about having a very similar name to another um, Irish American actor looks just like him. Yeah. Uh, and they'd be like, I'm Dermot Mulrooney, uh, and I'm, I'm six feet tall. So one of me is how far you have to stay away. Well, see, I like that. That's creative. But I... I, and I, I I'm envisioning that it's some sort of separation device, some sort of plastic tether or something like that that allows you to you click it around your waist. It's like <laughs> waist cuffs. Oh, my God. It keeps you... I, I was just going to say, apparently during one of the plagues, there were doctors that carried... Oh, sorry, like, one, of, one of the what? The plagues. The which ones? The plagues. Try it one more time. Plagues. Remember the little symbols over the vowels? There's a straight one, and there's one that goes like "woo." Yeah. It means we're going we're going the long way around. Uh-huh. Right? Uh Which? So you said plague. I said plagues. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, if I was going sickness, if I was uh, going, they carried like a cane around and would like. Make sure that people stayed that far away from Yeah, them. yeah, and they had bird masks, too. We, we know how it works. Yeah. Um, if I was to bring you some 
flag uh, in a container, what would you call that container? What? What, I, I, what, a what did flag you get, container? What did you get your McDLTs in when you go to McDonald's? <laughs> um, horrible styrofoam killing earth stuff. Ba- bags. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. You're making fun of my Minnesota accent. Well, now we'll never know because you didn't say it. I said it. Bags. What? Bags. It's kind of like. See, I tried. I tried to change it because I got made fun of a lot at summer camp, which incidentally was in northern Minnesota. So you would think there'd be a lot more people like me around. I'm going to tell you something. Lived here my entire life. Don't talk that way. Yeah, I I don't think that's a Minnesota thing. Hmm. Okay, but you were a very, very young transplant, so maybe you didn't have. Maybe you're bringing it from somewhere else. Is I think what I'm insinuating. No, I don't think so. It's the show, the show where we <laughs> complain about the way that we talk. Uh, no, we're going to talk about some of the news today. Um, good news, bad news. Uh, I've had my share, and we're going to share it with you. And also, uh, we wanted to talk about, uh, really fast, um, the new sci-fi show, Vagrant Queen. Yes. Uh, the pilot of that is out, and we're going to give our thoughts on it. And I don't want to talk too much we'll just talk about that a little later in that segment and then finally at the end of the show for our feature we'll be talking about the film reanimator yes by Stuart gordon mm-hmm. who passed away unfortunately recently yes and was a uh, sort of schlock cinema king interesting guy really interesting I guy in his background that. and yeah. we're talking about that we're talking about his uh camp in 1985 camp masterpiece reanimator yes which is based on H.P. Lovecraft. Story. Well, we don't have to emphasize that part. N- no, we don't. Wow, way to go right to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of problematic, how have you been? Oh, well, problematic. Um, and uh, a little anxious, but trying to keep breathing. And, uh, you know, I feel that's advantageous. And, um, you know, try to take it one day at a time, going a little stir crazy. Because, you know, can't really go outside. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe bird masks and canes are the way to go. Um, how how are you doing, Cal? You uh, check back with me. Okay. I want to see how that goes. Okay. Maybe I'll make masks. a, like, paper mache bird mask or something. And the canes, there you go. All these people are like, oh, i got these p- projects. Ooh, I'm going to put all these puzzles together. What do these people do? Like, I don't. I guess I don't know any Olympic athletes or astronauts or, or whatever. Everybody I know does this all the time, right? They go yeah. to their job and then they come home, eat, and then watch Star Trek. And so, what? It, right. it, it's psychological, isn't it? I know it is for me because that's what I do. Except my job, half of my job is Star Trek. So, right. All day long, I'm inside anyway. Mm-hmm. Now the government tells me I have to be inside. And it's like, I want to climb the Empire State Building. I know. I haven't decided if I'll be nude yet. Uh, There's just something psychological about it. it, And the thing about psychology is is you can be aware of it and it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily change your point of view. Yes, correct. Yes, I I saw a a meme that touched upon this, which is a a picture of of a baby Yoda and um <laughs> you know was this meme from oh like last year no um and it showed a picture of him and it was like you know when you when you usually stay inside anyway but then the government tells you you have to and then you don't want to <laughs> and so Which baby yoga just... baby yoga well, whatever 
Baby Yoda was uh, what? That he was trying to go out and get his chicken nuggies or something? Well, he he just was looking at you with really sad eyes, being all like, "Well, oh, now I don't want to." Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. But then it was countered with because everything, all internet discourse, has to be point a, a conflict. Counterpoint. Yeah, these days that somebody else posted, you know, me at home just watching the memes of being in quarantine and then it's baby yoda with his little cup of soup or, or whatever right right exactly that 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 sounds uh right on mark yes absolutely you think baby yoda <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it today it's okay it's all right i guess minnesotans can't <laughs> well, oh, oh whatever try to say it <laughs> put a gun to her head um do you think the child is uh done no i don't think it's done you think so? Yeah. No, I, I think people are still freaking out about, I haven't heard uh, anything about it in a Baby while. Yoda. Well, maybe I just have a feed full of people who are obsessed with Baby Yoda. That's entirely possible. But I, I keep seeing you're right. memes. I, you're right. And... Maybe I do go to better parts of town, <laughs> internet town, than you do. Good point. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's check the news and see if there's any news about Baby Yoda. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Oops, I always do that. Here we go, I said. Well, uh, I was looking at my... So I have a folder uh, in Google Mailman Guy yes. uh, that has all the news that we're going to talk about. And Absolutely. Look at. And I got like, I don't know, I just kind of went on a big call of all the news. Like, we're not going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Okay. And that was like all the news. So. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> digging through the trash to bring news to our this audience. This is this is what it's come to everybody. The trash, the yeah. email trash. Right. Uh so, uh as you know, uh mm. people are inside. Yes, well aware. And all around the world really, and it's for the best. Um but there have been weird unintended side uh consequences of that. Okay. Uh such as what? Well, a lot of, you know, parks are shut down. Yes. Uh, a lot of uh public places, uh monuments, destinations mm-hmm. are not being attended. And so one of those is uh, outside of Abbey Road Studios. Okay, right. In England, uh-huh. there's a famous crosswalk. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Which, yeah, it's on the most, the second most famous album cover of all time. The first is, of course, Weasels Rip My Flesh, Frank Zappa. <laughs> uh, so, and it's just been constantly since the day that that happened, people have been going like, hey, okay, no, you stand there, you stand there. Uh, we'll do a funny meme about how we're six feet apart using uh, the Dermot Mulroney system later. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, and so people are walking on it all day long, and that means that like council crews can't necessarily get in and do all the maintenance that they'd like to do mm-hmm. to make it look good. Mm-hmm. I guess they don't work at night. I guess not. That's socialism. <laughs> Uh, but because nobody's there, they've been able to go in and like fill the potholes, give it like a totally fresh coat of paint and everything, and it looks just ready for four more beetles to just step up on it. That's fantastic. It's been totally renewed. It's it's been quarantine approved. Uh, as soon as uh, the floodgates are open, people will flock to Abbey Road mm-hmm. and have to wait in in lines six feet oh, apart. Oh, so you This is um, the theory that. All of these pleasure beauty spots will be backed up like crazy once. Yes. I don't know if I feel that. Well, maybe they, maybe it won't be that bad. It probably. Uh, I, it's hard to judge. Like I said, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> you think that if Princess Cruise uh, lines could just go into, what is it, like receivership or turnaround or what? Just put the business on pause. Uh-huh. The second somebody shoots a gun in the air saying, it's okay now, uh, it's just going to be 
cruises all day long. They're going to be booked till the next century. Um. Okay. Well, that's an interesting question because I think that there, are, I think that there are certain people who enjoy cruises and who will always enjoy cruises, and I think there are other people who just have avoided them like the plague before this COVID nineteen plague. Can you stop happened saying, saying it? That word, please. <laughs> Whatever. Um. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I, I think that there are other people who may have considered going, but then after this started happening and spreading on cruise ships, we're just like, oh, heck no. Um, but I yeah, I think that they'll still be popular. There'll still be people who will flock to them. Yeah. It's ironic that ships got us into this <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yes. And ships are going to get us out. Oh, they are? Because, you know, into, into New York Harbor, they brought an army hospital ship in to help oh, out. Oh, that's right. I think I'd heard and about that. And we're supposed that. to be doing fun stuff and not depressing stuff. Right. But uh, it is a little, it's a little, little uh, when you see like, oh, Central Park's been turned into like a, a camp, not a camp, but like a hospital, a mobile hospital. Mm. So there's like tents set up and gyms are full of beds. And it's like, I've seen this. This is like the beginning of the second act of the movie. It, right. Yeah. The movie about a... I was going to say... Disease. Yeah. I was going to say outbreak. Don't you say it? Don't you, oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> the P word. No, you told me not to. Good. You're following the rules. <laughs> and, you know, that extends to Disney as well. Now, I'm not saying that you've got a bunch of uh, costumed nurses going around. Chip and Dale, like, oh my did you steal the ivy bags again? Uh, but Disney has staying closed. Yes. Maybe they'll open them to do what I just described. Yeah. It'd be really cute. Um, but it's really hard to treat somebody on a roller coaster. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, they are closed. Their parks, uh, they have been closed. They will now continue to be closed. There was an arbitrary date in April before that they were going to sort of try to reopen, but they are going to stay closed now. I saw a video. And they're going to pay their workers. Good. I should want to mention that. I want to mention that. That's important. And, uh, they're paying their workers at least through mid-April. And Bob Iger announced today that he is... Um, rescinding his pay. He's not going to take any pay this year. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I know he gets buttloads of money, but... Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later, but go ahead. Um, I was going to say... Wh- where do so... you think that the virus is? What do you mean? But uh, oh, Buttloads uh, aren't going to help us. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> no, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. Jeez. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I just saw a video and it was like dressed up like Sanrio characters and they were like cleaning surfaces and stuff like that. So I think that somebody filmed this after the COVID-19 breakout, but I kind of hope it was like before and they're just being cute. They have a cream for that. Yeah, right? So, uh, I kind of hope you're doing a thing, Sanrio characters, because otherwise I'm a little worried about the people who are like dressing up and like wiping off tables of the Sanrio characters who's the cleanest oh Kara Pee Pee. yeah i was thinking yeah, that too sure. actually yeah. yeah yeah that was the first one that came to my mind and i think uh bats maru is the messiest well i think that he's probably the cleanest but it's because he he knows how dangerous it is because he's got some vials of this virus and his <laughs> plan is to release it <laughs> on do they live somewhere? Is it like on, on San Rio Mountain or something like uh, that? That is a fantastic question. Did we watch that like documentary to? about the start of uh, Hello Kitty or whatever? Yes. And the lady is still you know around that that made her and yes. And there was a cartoon, but it was like an yes. English cartoon. It was like I'm Hello oh, Kitty. Yeah, and it had like nothing to do with just so weird. 
Yes, all of that is true. We ruin everything. Uh, <laughs> it was like a strawberry shortcake, but like with uh, Hello Kitty. Exactly. Yes, and and Hello Kitty isn't really supposed to be like a cat or something like that. She's like supposed to be like a person. Oh, or yeah, something she's like, like a, she's a person. Yeah, it, it just gets weirder the more you. Dig and the into biggest, it. the biggest uh, sort of <laughs> this is another side effect of just, just this whole thing is that I cannot talk. I have no vocabulary. I've got no. Um, um, you don't know the word because you, know you don't have vocabulary you, right now. Word, that's it. Where I've got no words. <laughs> uh, but they had to give her a mouth because they yes. couldn't have just a, a head going. <laughs> no one. She talks. It's a cartoon, right? So uh, yeah, so they had to give her a mouth, and the lady's like, "You know, why does she have a mouth? She doesn't have a mouth. Like, right. What are you talking about? I know. How does she live? I know, right?" How does she eat all those cute little desserts they that She gave she's her making? a mouth. You know what she said? What'd she say? Kill me. <laughs> Clearly, there's no theaters open right now. There's no movies out. And so the Golden Globes have changed their policy. Films don't actually have to screen in theaters to qualify for this year's Golden Globes. You know who's happy about that? Everybody. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> or not. I can't keep track of who's mad about that anymore. Anyway, oh, I think it's yeah. ironic that... For the past couple of years, they've booed Netflix films in uh, at Cannes. Yeah. Uh, although Netflix has been cleaning up at the Oscars, uh, and now it becomes moot because Netflix is like, "Bring it on, baby." Where did it brought you back to me? Yeah, right. Thanos style. So <laughs> it's kind of ended the argument. Well, I I think it's a little ambitious of them to like. That, that like to say like uh, the awards will go on the we will I bet I guess you know what hopefully we'll be done before you know uh, February or January of next year hopefully we won't have to be dealing with this anymore um, but um, maybe if it does come to that we will have online game shows not game shows award shows. <laughs> That was almost completely different. Online award shows. And then, like, would, like, guests get, like, dressed up in, like, designers and stuff like that and have their kids, like, take pictures of them on a red carpet in their home or to something clear, like that? To be clear. Yeah. What you are proposing mm-hmm. is that we would have award shows, but Charlize Theron would, it would just cut to her webcam and yes. her hair is in rollers. Yes. And her yeah. kid is, like, you know, asking to borrow the car keys or whatever. Right. And she's like, thanks. So much. Oh, this is so great. Yeah. That's what you're proposing. Y- yes, that's what I'm proposing. I think the ratings for that, to be honest, would go through the roof. <laughs> I think that that would be more watched than any previous. That they, that's, what they, that's what they should do. Uh, yeah. Okay. We got to get this out there. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Well, you know, a lot of talk in the news these days about what rat thinks CEOs are. Oh, they got so much money. Yeah. Oh, they got all this money. Yeah. What, what, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, turns out they're people too. What? The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, nice of you, Zuck, to put her name first, <laughs> is committing $25 million to a fund that will research treatments for COVID-19. I, I applaud them for, for doing this. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, better than, it's better than nothing, and it's a substantial amount of money. Not to them. Yeah. Not to them. Fair fair enough. And that's but... really the issue here, isn't it? I guess it is. It is a drop in the bucket. They make that in like 10 minutes. Jeez. At Facebook. Could you imagine like having more money 
in your life is that what we're than doing? you would know to what it. to deal this with. Is, this is why the world is this. This is why we're in this kaleidostopia. <laughs> because it's, I'm trying to raise a point about economic inequality. And you're like, wow, wouldn't it be great to have okay. millions, bajillions right. of dollars? Uh, kaleidostopia, that sounds like a nice t-shirt right there. All right, let's not push it. Oh, we okay. thought of something clever. Big deal. Whoa. Uh, and in that same vein, it looks like Google is donating uh, $800 million in cash to fight coronavirus. Uh, cash and ads, they say. So it's going to be about... Uh, 60 trillion dick cream pills. Oh, my God, yes. And then, like, a check for 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think the value of ads is uh, sort of uh, malleable, huh? I think so. And if anybody can sell us ads, it's Google. So, yeah. How much of that is actual cash money? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the ad part means, but I'm not going to worry know. about it. I know. What else is going on? Uh, oh, <laughs> the BBC is joining Netflix to uh, make a donation. They're both, I think, donating um, either together $600,000 or each $600,000 okay. to a uh, emergency relief fund. <clears throat> Excuse me. No Are, talkie. Okay, good. Um, also nice. Um, it's good to see no. big organizations yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, making an investment yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Okay, you're wow. Not a, you're, we're Cynic. not going to – give me your beret. What kind of revolutionary Whoa. are you? Whoa. Netflix, this is less than, this is a molecule of water from the bucket. Okay. But the BBC, aren't they, speaking of socialism, isn't that public money? That's yeah, I don't that's, know how that works. That's license money. Yeah. So. Well, it's got to be okay need, somehow, right? Because I know that they are organized. I think it's like our post office here. Like they're organized as a corporation, mm. technically incorporated as a corporation, but they are receive public money and they're basically a wing of the government right right so there doesn't have to be some kind of vote or some kind of like pass a law or something the bbc well, just goes there yeah, here you go a vote big and... spender bbc yeah. all that uh downton abbey's gone to their heads <laughs> Whew. yeah <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done we'll be right back um i guess i'll continue <laughs> please do uh, movie theaters. Just talking about movie theaters. Here's a problem. Uh, okay, it had been announced. Uh, it seemed like good news that China was reopening uh, their movie theaters. Okay. Um, Shanghai was uh, going to open uh, 200 theaters this last weekend. Wow. Uh, because of the lessening of the plague there. <laughs> Thanks. Turns out that got reversed. Not going to open up now. Um. It's probably for the best, although, you know, I mean, since the first cases were were seen in China and they're further along in this process, I think, you know, the world is kind of looking to them to see if this is lessening at all. And if so, by how much and trying to figure out, well, how does that translate to us and the rest of the world? So I, I think it's we can kind of basically take this as bad news. Um, but maybe it's for the best that they decided not to reopen them so there wouldn't be another spike because that would really be the absolute worst. I agree with you. <laughs> now I'm going to say something silly. Okay, please do. That was way too measured. Oh, okay. That was way too well thought out and positive. All right, well, What sorry. if Bob Iger's different? I mean, this is definitely what he wants to portray. But what if he's a different kind of person? What if we had them all wrong? 
what if Mark Zuckerberg sold out our country, which he absolutely did, uh-huh. and then didn't apologize for it, and also bought like all the houses around him? This isn't just like buying like a, a property in the sticks, and then there's a couple houses around you, and you scrape enough money to buy them too. This is like buying a house in Brentwood, then buying, think about like a Purina Square, then buying the eight houses around you in Brentwood, yeah, I, I know. and then flattening all those, and then building a laser water slide or whatever he's got. Yeah, I know. That's who we're dealing with here. Yes. And Bob Iger was going to make like $100 million this year, and you go, that's a lot of money. That's, his, that's a year for him. I know. And he's been doing this for how long? And that doesn't count his stock options as whatever. But he starts with this. What if the next time we see Bob Iger, his hair's a little shaggy. Oh. And, he, and he's wearing, he's wearing uh, JCPenney. Oh, my God. Right? And then wow. in a couple years, the world is a, a utopia. Uh, uh-huh. Right? All of our problems are solved. Everyone's fed. No more disease. Nothing. Uh-huh. You know? And there's just this, one day I met an old man on the road. In a burlap oh sack. Goodness. Wow. Like, oh, my God. It's Bob Iger. <laughs> no, they don't call me that anymore. <laughs> I'm Robert the Poor. Robert the Poor, huh? Okay. All right. Uh, the everyday man. Everyday man. <laughs> not, not just on Sundays. Every single day, this man. Uh, but maybe not. Yeah, okay. Maybe not. Right. Isn't it um let's get weird. What? Ready? Yeah. Isn't in Jewish mysticism there is the the legend or this idea of the and I'm going to get it wrong but the the zakit the no, I can't get it right. Let's just say these old men, wise old men that the yeah. world basically there's like 36 of them or whatever and they are the holy um um, righteous men. Yes. If not for them, you know, Yahweh would destroy the earth uh, because uh-huh. of our wickedness. Sure. And so basically, like, they are the pillars holding up the world. Right. What if one of those is Bob Iger? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> is that I, I, That's what it is. Okay. I, I think I think we got first row seats. So we're going to see no, if we're gonna it's get the Bob credit Iger for that. or not. Yeah but, if, yeah, but if something happens to them, or maybe, like, it's... Uh, if people know that it's you, uh, then you can't be it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they know you're sense. Gossip Girl, you're not Gossip Girl anymore. I mean, we know this. <laughs> and Gossip Girl was one of them. Oh, my goodness. What else is going on? Um, bad news. Okay. Bad news in this world um, is what we've been talking about. But yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about some good news instead. Let's. There's going to be a Dragon's Lair movie on Netflix. Very cool. Now. It's going to be star Ryan Reynolds, which I think is perfect casting. Why do you think it's perfect Although casting? he'll have to... Oh, why? Yeah. The chin. The chin. But also, okay. if you know anything about Dragon's Lair, video game, and I use that kind of loosely, it's more like interactive entertainment, but whatever. It's, this is my lane we're in now. Uh, Don Bluth, animator, the, the greatest animator Disney let, uh, ever let get away, um, created this. And it's basically like an interactive cartoon right. about a guy named... Dirk the Daring or whatever, and he's going to go save this princess. And you watch, like, clips. You know, if you took the Dragon's Lair disc and you opened it up on a computer, it would just be 300 AVI files, right? Yeah, sure. There isn't, like, actual graphics. You're just watching a cartoon. And then something flashes in the cartoon, and you move the joystick a certain way or hit a button. And then if you do it right, it loads up. 
the next the, scene. The video. And yeah, if you yeah, do yeah. it wrong or it's not always sometimes there's different paths you can take. Um that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So you got Ryan Reynolds. I think that he looks kind of like the guy. The guy is like he's brave, but it's let's be let's be real here. You know, he's also very scared and so it's sort yes. of wacky. Yeah. And that's great for Ryan Reynolds. And it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I know that they've got a thing right now with the Choose Your Own Adventure people. Yes, Once again, they do. How much is Choose Your Own Adventure worth? How much is Netflix worth? I wonder who's going to win that one. But they did Bandersnatch last year mm-hmm. or two years ago. I don't remember because I didn't do it. Right. Um, and that is essentially a Choose Your Own Adventure, right? Yes. Like things happen and then you hit a button and then it loads up something else. Yeah. So is this going to be an interactive Dragon's Lair movie game. Well, because honestly, I might do that. I think that's the way to go. Um, and none of this. the articles mention that. I don't know if no. nobody's thought of this yet. If they just went property, it's a property, right? And Don Bluth, who's he's still kicking around out there, he's like, all right. <laughs> but you got to buy Space Ace too, right? Right. I was like Space um, Ace more. Do you think that any? I'll just blow past that. He said. You said his last name is is Bluth. Bluth. Like dun, dun, that, that's dun, what I was. Dun, dun, do, dun. do people get him confused with the rest of development characters at all? Like, do they? they think he's like? Why, what? I don't know. He he's like the long last uncle or something like that. He he was successful and got away. No, but if he was around today. Uh, Will Arnett would definitely be doing all the voices in uh, he'd be the bad guy the cat in American Tale uh, yeah or what have you for sure yeah, yeah no I could totally see that no <laughs> just because you you heard the word blue twice in your life okay you're like well, no, wait, just, is he the tall one he's just asking or does he have the, the one you handed know. one which one is he <laughs> No, that's not. No, it's not a thing. Okay. Here's some, it seems like bad news, but this is good news. Evangeline Lilly has apologized for refusing to quarantine. It's not the word to social distance uh, herself right. and her family. Yeah. Well, good. I I read a little bit of an article about that. She said that she felt like when she initially said she wasn't going to do that, she felt like she was adding calm to um. The COVID-19 hysteria. I don't know how she felt like she was doing that, but she apparently felt like that was what her statement was doing. I don't know a lot about her life other than she just had to de facto live in Hawaii because of loss. Right. And she dated that Hobbit guy. Yes. And I think that she was from a religious background, but not like... Oh, you know, I'm I'm Jewish, but not Orthodox. I mean, like, you know, like a religious background. Right. I don't know if any of that factors in. I blame the Hobbit. But <laughs> why would she think that that would calm anyone down? I don't Even know. Even things that you say to calm people down make people uncalm. Yes. <laughs> Everything. We just talked about this. Everything inspires the, at least one half of the Internet to hate you. Yeah. Only like this was more like 90 percent so yeah. anyway good i'm glad that we bullied her into doing the right thing <laughs> although in i saw the post it was on instagram and in the picture her kids are playing monopoly for millennials so she's a monster no no it would be better that they would be out and letting people cough into their mouths whoa monopoly whoa. for millennials i don't even know what monopoly for millennials means like well let's see there's no houses we know that right um and the tokens are avocado toast no i don't know well, i think that there is i think that there is some kind of co-promotion with some brands like internet brands because mm-hmm, I, I think mm-hmm. the money tokens are like instagram 
symbols or likes or whatever. And so I don't, so there isn't even money again. Yeah. That, that seems about right. Yeah. And, um, you can get a job, the game of life for millennials. Like you can get a job and then you can get another job and then you can get another job. Well, but you're, you're headed for that big avocado on the mountain. At yeah, the end. I, I, I've seen a lot of millennials we'll right posts recently being upset because people are yelling at them for being on spring break. And they said that like the <laughs> youngest millennials are like 24 and the, you know, the oldest are like almost 40. So they're like, we're not the ones on spring break. You want Gen X. Uh, so or no, Gen Z, not Gen X. Careful. Gen Z. Um, so yeah, a lot of people kind of upset about that up in arms for being blamed for, for stuff that they're not doing. I would never. Yeah. The, you've seen the, the famous now interview with the kid who's like, Oh, you know, we're starting a party. There's nothing to stop us from partying. Yeah. With the backwards cap on. Yeah. Who, by the way, I was thinking about the factors, like the physiognomic factors here, right? He is, um, extremely white like yes. that kind of white that if you, you sit down you know if you if you uh, i don't know if you touch touch them for more than a second uh the capillaries shatter and blood rushes to the surface <laughs> uh, also he's been out in the sun and he's been drinking yes but <laughs> there's also a coronavirus going around so when they're interviewing him he looks like he's already got it like he's all sweaty yeah. and he's got he's got that kind of blush that's not the entire cheek, it's it's that one spot. You know, it looks like he's uh, being made up like a right. like a doll, like a Chinese clown doll or something <laughs> like that. Just a single circle in the middle of his cheek. Right, right, And right. then they cut to this other girl and she's just like, you know, her sweat glistening on her forehead and her hair is matted down. Like, we're out here having fun. Yeah, right. I know. And they just look crazy. Like, beyond. Well, um... Using cell phone data from some of those spring breakers, uh, we were able to track how quickly the virus did spread across the country. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> um, wow. Using that metadata. Yeah. Um, if you search on YouTube for spring break versus COVID-19, uh, there's a video that basically shows... And that's not, I mean, it's not literally, we don't zoom in and see somebody spitting into a baby's mouth. Oh, yeah. We're just saying we, all these glows were on Florida. Yes. Now these glows are all, all somewhere over else. somewhere so else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But since it's a hoax, it doesn't really matter, I guess. <laughs> oh, come on. How close oh. do you, th- if nobody had fought back against uh, the wasp, would the next post have been, I don't know about this. I don't know anybody that's sick. Oh sure. gosh! I, That's I, why we yeah. check them, right? They step right. up. Yeah, check them. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, bad news. Oh no! What? Filming for the next season of the Great British Bake Off has been delayed. Oh no! You know this is especially near and dear to my heart because I love the Great British Bake Off. Just a twist of the knife. From um, me. <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised because everything is halted right now. So. Uh, okay, hope that those we stations get are pretty this. far apart. Yeah, you, what do you mean? They're baking stations. We, well, <laughs> but are they six feet? Maybe not when they first start. No, no, it's well, no, it is. It's England, right? So yeah. it's all it's all uh, imperial. So no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Going to say it's be meters they, or whatever. Uh, yeah, two meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. And then uh, uh, one last story here before we go. Uh, Rick Remender, I don't know. 
he, when he gets bored, maybe he uh, things get weird. Oh, oh. But uh, he's a writer, uh, formerly for Marvel Comics. Yeah. And he's kind of uh, going off on his own now. Okay. Uh, right? Remember when we talked to him in, uh, was it 2014, Emerald City Comic Con? It was a while ago, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we weren't, um, I wasn't officially interviewing him, but I was kind of... You know, I take my work with me. Right, right, right. And I remember uh, grilling him about whether he was, there were rumors that he was going to take the job of writing for the X-Men. Right. Because he had written um, other stuff. He had written like side stories, Uncanny Avengers, X-Men characters, but he hadn't um, been the X-Men czar. And right, right, right. I can't remember who was stepping out of that role, but, um, and he said, we'll see. Right. And then it was announced that he wouldn't get the job. Yes. And then he announced that he was going to work on some other stuff. And right. And he left Marvel Comics. Yes. Well, he has shared a bunch of ideas that he had for working on Spider-Man and working on X-Men. Okay. If he had gotten those jobs. Oh. Well, why is he doing that? He's just showing his work, basically? Like... Spite. Oh, okay. Right. All right. It's yeah. Fine. All right. That feels right. Here's a Spider-Man idea. Uh, the corporation that created the machine that irradiated the spider that bit Peter Parker and turned him into Spider-Man had initially conducted experiments using the ray on other lab animals and insects. Already, I don't really like where this is going. I feel um, like we've done this before. I can see where it's Aren't going. are all of his but... villains animals? Yes. This was Straczynski like, tried to tie it all together by saying, like, they're totemic powers. And it's like, I don't think that Dr. Octopus has, like, an octopus ghost, like, telling him what to do. But <laughs> No. You do you, guy. Yeah. Uh, so in an incident similar to Peter being bit, uh, by the spider, they had volunteers who got these powers. Uh, then they okay. set up a lab under Manhattan to investigate other uses for these, um, powers that irradiated insect powers. And so we ended up with red ant, parasite worm, toxic beetle, and black wasp. Whoa. They all developed powers. Oh, okay. And then the corporation downsized. And the people that ran the lab were fired, right? Uh-huh. And so I guess these guys are just stuck in this lab again. This is 2009 that he pitched. This is a while ago. Okay. But this is All very, right. um, it's kind of Cindy Moon-esque. Remember Cindy Moon, Silk? Um, oh, okay. Speaking of totemic powers, uh-huh. you know, the vampires from uh, outside our dimension that eat spider uh, heroes or whatever uh-huh. um, were going after Peter Parker. But Cindy Moon was a girl that was bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker. And then they swept her up, uh, the people that were trying to protect her, and put her in this thing. And she stayed in there for like 12 years because the guy that was in charge of her, like, got killed by these vampire guys. And oh, so okay. Was just in there for a while and then comes out blast from the past style. Okay. All right. Um, it's a, a kind of an interesting hook for a character. I guess I could kind of see it. And I would assume that these creatures would, you know, be... Initially villains, but with an eye towards being eventual allies. Sure, I could see that. Um, I could see them being a bunch of villains, like, teaming up together, and then, like, one by one, he brings them to his side or something like that. I don't love it. No, no. I don't like it. I don't really like it all that much. <laughs> it just sounds like, here's, the, here's my problem with Spider-Man. Kind of done all the Spider-Man. It's just so hard to think of. Like, the most original thing they've done recently, I think, is... The whole body swap with Dr. Octopus, which isn't mm. really even a Spider-Man story. It's a Dr. Octopus story. Right. And, you know, you've gotten some good thrills and new characters out of Spider-Verse. But with Spider-Verse, you're basically just admitting we don't know what to do with Spider-Man anymore. Right. Or we're just going to redo other stuff that we've done as Spider-Dimensions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's so specific. So, I mean, I think you do have to be... I don't know if this is clever enough. And I don't want to say that Rick Remender isn't clever. You uh, haven't heard his X-Men pitch yet. Uh-oh. The extraordinary X-Men. Okay, what was his X-Men pitch? No, you were, you were going to tell me about... Oh. You were going to put your foot in your mouth about <laughs> Rick Remender. No, who, I wasn't. I'm just... Eyes here? Yeah. Eyes there. Yeah. Watching I, you. I know. Wherever he is, chewing gum. Okay. Wow. Great. Him and James Gunn should have a gum chewing contest. They should just chew the same piece of gum. Ew. From eat both ends like Gross. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Or Lady <laughs> and the Lady, Tramp. Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> oh, there you go. The Lady and the Tramp. and the be- It's like Ted and uh, Carol and Alice and whatever, right? It's like, Whoa. <laughs> there you go. Whoa. For that, that was, that was a, a team up movie <laughs> that turned into an animal Slash human four way. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Ted here. and Carol and Bob and Alice, right? I don't know. You're what are like you the doing? biggest Elliot Gould fan on the planet, and you've seen like two of his movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, you just since there was nothing forthcoming, no ellipses. Uh, just, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever your romantic thing was, just save it till the end of this pitch. So it's the Extraordinary X-Men. Uh, he, I believe this was right around the time that he quit. This was what he was going to pitch going forward. Um, he had... Uh, do you remember the character Phantom X? No. Guys wears like a white ski mask. He's like a Le French, Le French spy. And he's... he's not, I don't know why he's an X-Men character. Okay. But, I don't know, he's pretty cool. Okay. He's like a 21st century gambit. Okay. I, why do you read comic books I, if you're just going to forget them? Wow. Jeez. Come on. Uh, continue. Anyway, um, the, uh, the Jean girl, Jean girl, the Jean you know, girl, Jean girl, my favorite X-Man <laughs> to be fair. She was Marvel girl. And then she was Jean girl. I, I know. Uh, the Jean gray school is blown up and Phantom X goes there. Okay. And he's looking for an objective. We don't know what it is. He walking through the uh, ruined uh, school classrooms and buildings. Um, and, this is sorry. I've, I'm trying to cut through a lot. He's, there's a lot of color because this is a pitch. Of course, the color it doesn't matter. As he walks through the school, he passes various giant paintings illustrating various warm moments. A lot of various uh, with the various X-Men teams. Well, he did it again uh, throughout <laughs> the years. Uh, we, he defines who the X-Men were. Um, it looks as if Days of Future Past has happened. Okay. Note: As he walks and sees paintings, they turn into the real moments in time. Real snapshots of X history. Who are you introducing the X-Men to? Whatever. Uh, we reveal that Betsy is dead. Betsy Braddock, uh, Psylocke, and many X-Men okay. are dead. They died in the unseen event, a war Scott Summers calls the Kree invasion, as the Inhumans are alien invaders in his eyes. This is the Inhumans were involved in this. Okay. And that's... Okay, anyway, so I don't know. So, so that's... <laughs> a story that's... that's focusing on Phantom X, Gene, and um, Professor Zorn, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, in a sort of uh, apocalyptic-esque thing. Now, again, I think I'm out of digits. I'm trying to count how many times the X-Mansion's been destroyed. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and, honestly. <laughs> you know, the human, human's hatred for mutant, mutants kind of ra- uh, ra- ramps up. So, uh, I again, guess... I, how is this? I can't wait to talk about what we're just about to talk about with new news forever because of how original it is. Yeah. Except... We'll be talking also about how derivative it is, but well, I, I think it's good that say like thing, please God say it please. I just was gonna say I think it's good that Gene's around because I feel a lot of times the school blows up and Gene isn't around. And... She has not been around yeah. for most of your life. Yeah, I know. 
Um, but I think it's I'd like I'd read a story where Jean was one of the main characters. Um, I see these long boxes. Behind yeah, you? I know, I know. I, I've a lot I've, of lot of her going. I hope I'm strong enough. Wow. I am a girl. Whoa. Okay. Are you telling me she has a lot of... <laughs> I'm telling you she's been written by men her entire life. Are you telling me she has a lot of Deanna Troy moments like, I sense a presence and stuff mm, like oh, that? for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but okay. not as many as the uh, 90s cartoon, though. Okay. Whoa. No, not good in the 90s cartoon? I, okay. Give me your... Um, and I promise this is it, and we're going to move on because we've uh, almost at an hour here. Uh, give me your opinion of a character like Jean Grey, written by Chris Claremont... Her biggest storyline is like she, she goes crazy. Well, hold on. We've got about 14 issues here. She first imagines that she's wearing underwear <laughs> and a cape. Uh, and then she becomes extremely powerful uh, and has to commit suicide because she just, I just my time is over. And, yeah. And I, OK. And that's super depressing. This power. Yeah. That's super Super duper depressing. Did Sue Storm ever have a, a Dark Phoenix saga? Didn't she become a don't know. bad guy because of a Psycho Master or something like that? And she also wore underwear uh, with no clothes, but like <laughs> knee-high boots. Wouldn't like... I'm sensing a pattern here. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's her defining moment. Her defining moment is, I'm too powerful and I don't know what to do with it. Right. Meanwhile, I don't know. Pick any other mutant. Like that. they've just got it's a ton a guy. of powers. Yeah, I know. Right? Wolverine can't die. I, I mean, literally, he will. He will not age to death, or it's going to take a long time, and you can't kill him with any conventional means. Uh-huh. And he's real smart, right? And he's a detective, and he's got a cool motorcycle, and he's banged just about every girl in the Marvel universe. I know. I and, know. Oh, that! Whoa, that that broke you. And uh, <laughs> it's okay. He's got his healing factor. No diseases. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> And he's a samurai who's samurai better than any samurai has ever samurai I know. You think when he goes down to, like, Harlem, he's like, what's up, homies? And they're like, that cat's cool. Oh, I can only hope that that's not the case. <laughs> Seriously. I bet every – when you go out to eat with Wolverine, he's like, no, no, let, I know the chef. He's going to make something great for us. You should try this wine. They're just like really annoying. Oh, that person who's like, oh, knowledge. Yeah, and he orders for you. Like, Can you pour just a just little, little bit? Spins the beer around. This is a sour, a Belgian sour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm, mm. Not quite as good as the, the red, though. But yeah, this is a raspberry. <laughs> Does he just get a flight of beers and he just like has to like. No, he not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows all of the. Yeah. Yeah. The ingredients and everything. And yeah, because of course he does. Yeah. yeah. He probably makes his own hummus. Does that make you an, a jerk if you make your own hummus? <laughs> I never thought of that as being like. You got to date more. Are <laughs> oh, you going to take me home tonight? Oh, down beside that red firelight.
What makes a space show not like other space shows? You know what the uh, most space show that would be unlike other space shows? What? Would be? What? If you just did a show and people were green, but they just lived in houses. Or whatever, right? Yeah. And maybe yeah. their maybe their cars were a little different. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe their newspapers read bottom to top instead of left to right or whatever. Uh-huh. But it was it's just some other planet. Like like it was a sci fi onward, basically. See now I this is the power of marketing because I immediately also thought onward as well. And <laughs> right? I know we're not in sync. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and I, that thinking of onward made me think they would just label it fantasy. Yeah, you'd be like, right. no, you don't. These are aliens. You don't get it. And I'd say, oh, it was, it was a fantasy. They're like uh, elves right. Or it's it's somehow not sci-fi. The best anymore. example I can think of, and I'm sure there are other ones, is um, there is a uh, anime film from. I'm sorry, I don't know the years of anime films. Let's say '95, called uh, Wings of Anamisi. I think and I've heard of it before. You definitely have. It's a classic, and it's about a planet. Of people that live in a you know in a nation or you know city or whatever that's very reminiscent of Japan. It's in fact if you didn't look too close, if your glasses weren't clean, you might think it's Japan. Sure, but there are these little things like their cars are, are different, their money is different. Also, they've never been to space, and there is this battle for them to get to space because they're at war with these other countries and everything's bad, and they they don't even have like a lot of support. It isn't like a you know. John Glenn sort of thing. Let's right. make it a jingoistic thing. Like they think that if they can get into space, it will show the other nations that we shouldn't fight. Oh, it's a great okay. movie. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while though. But anyway, um, and the whole pitch is it, it must be some other planet because this isn't Japan. They call it something else. Right. Or it's, I don't know, it's another dimension or timeline or whatever. Sure. But yeah, it, I mean, it's a sci-fi space movie that has nothing to do with the typical Beats that you see in every sci-fi show or film, which is there is a evil force, mm, crisp uniforms, right? But, right. Wow, just jerks. Mm-hmm. There is a ragtag band of blanks mm-hmm. who are gonna hoop to doop, right? And hopefully their scrappy little ship, which is fast, but well, sometimes it needs a little, oof, a little get out and push, keep it, get it, keep it going, right? Um, and then I don't know, laser swords. I don't know. <laughs> Everything has a thing that defines it specifically. Uh, I just I was just thinking about that as I was watching Vagrant Queen, the new show from Sci-Fi. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a a really fun show. Um, why 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 that now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was just trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, that's what that's that's what that is. Yeah, okay. that's what that is. Uh, I I think it's a really fun show. Um, okay, obviously, to, right, but just look, 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 stay with me. Stay oh, with okay. me. Okay. Stay in this conversation. We're doing the opening bit still. Yeah. All right. That shows that we've thought about this, and we're not just going to be a YouTube video that goes. Actually, are there any YouTube videos that go? This is great. They're all. This is why it sucks. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. If you are a YouTube creator that just all you do is just make this is why it sucks videos, delete your channel. Yeah. Right now. Listen to my voice. <laughs> Do it. But then, doesn't that, in a unbreakable Mr. Glass sort of continuum, doesn't that suggest that 
people who think that everything is great should do the same thing. Cinema wins. Wow. <laughs> Cinema wins. Yeah. Delete your channel. Wow. Wow. Okay. Are we ever going to talk about Vagrant Queen? Yeah, I, I thought we were going to talk about Vagrant Queen, but you told me to stop talking about Vagrant Queen. I'm trying to set up the conversation by, I know. by talking about space shows and how they... It, apparently, we cannot make a show that isn't referencing or is derivative of some earlier work. I'm trying to soften the blow yeah, when I end okay. up saying later, or maybe right now, that Vagrant Queen is... Fairly derivative. It's got a lot of Star Wars. It's got mm-hmm. a, even more. It's got 10 pounds of Guardians of the Galaxy in a five pound bag. Yeah. But they were going for that because that yes. was in all the reviews that you read in articles yes. say that. And weirdly, it's got a lot of saga. Kind of seems that way. A lot of saga. Yeah. Tell us what Vagrant Queen is about. This show that has a 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb. I, I can't we'll believe that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about uh, it. So Vagrant Queen is about, gosh, how do you say her name? The the, the Vagrant Queen. Uh, uh, is it? Alita. Is it Alita? Like battling? L-I-D-A, but, but it's again, Alita. you could have just okay. called her Ali- Eliza. No, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry. We can only have one of two names. You want to skew towards this James Cameron film or skew towards this George Bernard Shaw play? What, what do you want it to be? <laughs> right. Uh, she uh, has been on the... She's royalty. She's been on the run since she was about 10 years old. A fox on the run? Sorry, we're not that. <laughs> No, a vagrant queen on the run. Right. And... Um, She's kind of been on her own for a, a large portion of her life, too, and she has changed her name to kind of hide better. She's on the run. You're yeah. describing what it's like to be on the okay, run. Okay, and she's a scavenger. Uh, basically, she gets to uh, the station in... Space station. A space station. In a galaxy that is not, not ours. Yeah, right. Uh, and the bad guy and his military crew are looking for a scavenger and they don't say the name, but she knows it's her. Uh, and, um, so basically she meets up with a bunch of, uh, a ragtag crew, much like guardians. And, um, they kind of work together to get her off of this space station and that's basically like the first episode yes yeah um politically we're looking at a situation where as a former the our alita is a former princess or royalty of this at this point unknown kingdom the bad guys are revolutionaries but not like a positive like you think of like they are fascistic guys who've taken over the government from the ruling party and then Alita is approached by the the people in exile, like yes. you know retainers and people who want her to be queen still. And mm-hmm. so they and the um, revolutionaries are kind of in a tug of war over trying to get her. And all she wants to do is be a vagrant queen, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we talked about this before. Uh, we're repeating ourselves a little bit, but I will say that as we saw in the previews. Um, every episode cost about thirteen fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, That's sci-fi, though. It's yeah. A lot of these uh, space stations look like the inside of Canadian office buildings. <laughs> but that being said, I was pleasantly surprised um, at the level of um, quality in the production here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of variety in the aliens. Yes, and the makeup which I is can really appreciate. Good. And yeah, you don't have like the. 
like I love Farscape, but like Luxons are just Klingons, right? Klingons with tentacles. Yes, yes. Um, there's a sort of repetition that you get where it's like, oh, it's the warrior race. It's the blah, blah. It's the blah, blah. Yes. This was all like, they're all hipster races, kind of. Kind of seem that way, yeah. <laughs> like all the aliens we see have like beards. And like, yeah. And are wearing uh, space uh, flannel shirts. And I mean... <laughs> Uh, maybe I'm, life is just pulling away from me here and leaving me behind. No, that's, I think... That's kind of what it felt like. I didn't hate it. I'm just saying... Yeah, I, I mean, I would say besides the two scavenger aliens that she runs into yeah. initially, I, I would say that, yes, that's definitely true. This is based on a comic book from Vault Comics, which okay. I uh, had never heard of. They're a fairly recent company. Um, they seem to be a family business. I was just kind of looking into their background a little bit. Um, and also, they are producers on this show. So, well, there you go. Apparently, hey, follow your dreams. Right? You can four years from now, you can have a TV show on Sci-Fi if you go. Let's make a comic company, <laughs> and then let's license the hell out of this stuff. Right? Uh, what Netflix doesn't want it. Okay, Sci-Fi. Here we come. Yeah. Right. And so, as a Sci-Fi show, you expect the sort of mid-level budget, <laughs> mid to like low-level budget. And you expect to get canceled in a couple years. Right. Uh, so we don't know about that last part, but so far, everything's on track. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I like what I see. Yeah. I like that it is, it's got the irreverence that you basically have to do now. Could you imagine doing a straight-faced Star Wars 1977 type space no. show now? No. And I'm can't. not talking about like some guy in a vest who's like high off his tits just going, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> that's what works. For, that's, those are the jokes in Star Star Wars 1977. Right. Um, it has to be like Guardians of the Galaxy like has ruined us because everything has to be that now. Yes. So if it has to, do it this way. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would agree with that. Um, I like the... Uh color palette of, of the show, Are you talking about too. the skin? Nice work. Oh, uh, nice well, I wasn't, a but <laughs> it is a diverse of cast yes. of characters and not just diverse alien-wise. 3.6. Y- yeah, I know. Out of 10. I know. Here's what I think is behind that. Hmm. I think that the... Oh, and then also I wanted to mention, too. So the comic is... It looks very colorful. Um, yes. Also featured... You know, the main character is uh, uh, POC mm-hmm. uh, doing their thing. And I don't know about the creator. Um, I can't remember her name, um, but I know that she's got one streak of her hair that's red. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> I, keep following me and we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. This is the days before Google Maps. Yes. Follow me. Right. Uh, the, the creator of the program, the director and writer, his name Jim uh, Gerard, um, she has a boyish haircut and a lot of tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> I know why it's 3.6 out of 10. You, you think it's so a lot of neck beards. We're going to keep talking about down. it for a couple minutes. Yeah. But if you're going to, if you, right now, if you want to run to your computer and watch the hell out of this on YouTube so it gets a lot of views and comment and upvote it to counteract the neck, the smelly neck beard wave that's trying to bury this thing because it's progressive or yeah. they just assume that it is. Um, yeah. I wonder if they even that. watch it. Yeah. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, and I think once the uh, industry reviews come out, uh, although you think we could all watch stuff because we're all stuck at home, yes. but there's also a lot of other reportage on like other stuff. So maybe it's getting lost in the shuffle. But I'm sure that that is going to trend up once people start watching this thing and it gets a real Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic view. But right now, I w- when I saw that, I was like, whoa, another, another stink bomb from sci-fi. And then we right. watched it and I'm like, 
this is ebullient. Like this is just fun. This is great. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and 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 I think you know that like the the actors did a really great job. Um, and like you said, it's like a diverse cast and also diverse aliens. Um, I said that too. Uh, and um, I I I think it's um diverse without like throwing it in your face that it's diverse i mean because i think that there are things that can do that um how, how would it throw it in your face i don't know okay um but <laughs> okay <laughs> um if it if it aired solely on tumblr that's how right <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't know where you're going with it. I, I don't know. I feel know. like you're trying to fill time, um, and that's what we don't need to do. Well, right I now. was going to say before, it reminds me of, like, it's like Lisa Frank in space because of the, the bright color palette and stuff right, like that. Right, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was Lisa Frank in space. I guess. It literally ends with a Lisa Frank, like, fireworks show. I guess. Because <laughs> Mary Poppins died. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a couple drawbacks. Um, the incredible derivativeness is a problem. Um, something I wanted to mention that I, before I'll do it now, is that, like, the main character doesn't have pointy ears in the comic book. In this show, she does, and she comes from a race of pointy-eared people. Yeah. Then there's also another race of people who have horns, like, yes. like satyrs. Yeah. And it's like, I've read saga and did you want to just get a little rub some saga on this got to get that good saga rub on there oh my gosh you know what i mean yeah i know like if you want to court and i think it's fair to want to court that audience one of the great things about comics and and genre media right now is that the creators are creating and the businesses who just want people's money have realized we can take girls' money, too. Uh, yeah. And that means Ooh. that they're going to look for girls who are, finally girls get to create stuff. We yeah. We talked about Chris Claremont before. Love him to pieces, but, like, maybe let a girl write X-Men. Right. Know? Yeah. And that's happening. But at the same time, don't sully this by just ripping off Sokka. I mean, no. you, you had your own thing. Yeah. Uh, there are weird tone clashes, and I think they need to kind of figure that out. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy is funny. There are some parts that are, like, violent, but it isn't necessarily shocking or dismayingly violent. Yes. Um, and you could have a situation where, okay, so Star-Lord, you know, makes a joke and then he incinerates, like, two of the goons that follow um, the the guy from Gladiator around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't, ever, we don't ever talk to them. They don't have any lines. And, you know, they're yes. just, I'm not saying dehumanization is great, but they are stormtroopers, right? Yeah. This they call them paper people. Pilot in opens the movie. with, uh, <laughs> got to recycle them. Yeah. This pilot opens with her in this situation, which is very Guardians, where she steals a bauble from a temple, a, a ruin. Right. And she's confronted by two not the guy from Gladiator. Two alien scavengers, and they have like a five-minute conversation of taunts, you know, that establishes that they have a life outside of this character. Yes. And they know each other. And then she outwits them, gets the thing back, and the scene ends by her shooting them through the brain pan, both of them dead. Yes. I know. And, and like, it, it was ugh. it was shockingly hero. violent. Like I <laughs> no. I, you no. don't think so? I no. thought so. No. No? No, shockingly violent is what we're going to talk about in two minutes. Yeah, okay. Well. Uh, a movie starring Herbert West. <laughs> um, Not related to Kanye. No y- relation. No. Although. Um, what? Kanye did a video where he's putting green stuff in people. I can see that. Um, and I don't mean salad. I don't know. Uh, let's just finish this up. And then it's not as funny as. <laughs> takes one to no one. It's not as funny as it thinks it is. <laughs> 
And um, it's, it tries to compensate for that with the writing because it's got <clears throat> the kind of writing that's like, yabba, dabba, dibby, dabba. And you're like, that wasn't a very good joke. And they're like, I'm working on it, okay? Right, don't, right, right. I don't want to hear the author's voice that much. <laughs> like, if you want it to be funny, make it funny. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just, you know, you couldn't come up with a good joke. And I, I understand. Right. But it's going to get old. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I felt like a real um, standout character from the first episode was this character named Nim, who was kind of like a... I want to spin off with Nim. or dog person. Yeah, he and... was like Barf Jr. Yes. The bog. Yes. And, and then we learned he's got some mean martial arts skills. Yeah, like, And so it was like, it was kind of surprising and refreshing. And it was like, wow, this character is really great. Oh, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, he's going to die horribly before the end of this episode. And we're going to watch it happen. His makeup was okay, but it looked like... It wasn't like prestige. We spent a lot of money on this. So I kind of felt like Nim wasn't going to make it out of this thing. Well, and then you also mentioned, of course, like he wasn't in any of the promo art. Yeah. So that what was what cool should have been was, a clue. And the last thing I'm going to compliment about the show is that I think the writing is pretty good in that it's original and it's generally well put together. And so at the end of the episode, um, whatever, just go watch it. Spoilers. Right. Just watch it. Um, Nim suicide bombs basically now let me hold on that that's me blowing up how did i get here well it all started uh the people who find the queen end up actually kidnapped they're like we're your loyal subjects hit her on the head with a pipe like because they need her back to do queen stuff she doesn't want to do it he's with them but then he breaks off and helps her escape because he's like i believe in you you're my queen and i'm gonna follow you even if it means you don't want to be the queen anymore that's your choice mm-hmm and that cu- culminates with him, you know, basically like giving his Dying life for her. Uh, to allow her to escape this thing. Yeah. That's interesting. They set up that there is people that want her dead. There are people who want her alive, but want to control her. And he's like the third way. I like that. There's another thing. We didn't even talk about the main bad guy. And I don't think so far there's nothing to talk about. I don't think that he's all that great. Well, he's, he's just. He's the main bad guy. Yeah. He's got a Nazi uh, proud boy haircut. Yeah. He's he's a child of privilege. He's clearly meant to 3.6 on out of, out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. We get where we're going with this, right? Uh-huh. But. He's also kind of like, I'm a wild card and I'm I'm the Joker. And that's going to it's hard to keep that going for a long time. That's true. But there's a great scene that I thought had a good construction where he goes into this like Star Wars cantina bar, you know, mm-hmm. where they were before. And he's grilling the bartender about whether he's seen a leader or not. We know he has, mm-hmm. but Proud Boy doesn't know. He's like, name some breakfast cereals. No. <laughs> um, and he's like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my father caught me lying. And he called me a naughty boy and he gave me this. And uh-huh. he pulls his, he rolls his sleeve up to show this horrible scar that he's got like on his arm. And he's like, I was a naughty boy. So tell me, have you seen Alita? And the bartender's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't got no Alita around here. Oh, you mean the James Cameron movie? It was okay. <laughs> I'm hoping there's a sequel. And the guy's like, bring that out. And they bring a TV out and play the security cam footage. You know, he already knows that he talked to her. Yeah. This was just the beginning of the interrogation. Right. He's just testing him. And the guy's like, oh, boy. And then the bad guy's like, 
you naughty, naughty boy, uh-huh. and gets his little knife out, right? Yeah. Now, we could just see him gouge the guy's eye out or something like that, but the scene is done. We, there's no more information that we can get out of this. Mm-hmm. Now, when we see the bartender character later, he is horribly maimed. Like, yes. he absolutely did do to that guy what his yeah. father did to him, but we don't need to just... You talked about how it was brutal and violent, and I, I think there's a lot of restraint in it. I guess. I just... I was shocked in a for, like, a sassy, fun show, like, that it started... <laughs> With, like, her shooting two guys in the head. I was a little taken aback by that. But I guess that's part of the tonal dissonance, and that's just what the show is going to be. She shot them in the head, but in a sassy, fun way. Yeah, yeah. It's Vagrant Queen. You can catch it on Sci-Fi on Fridays at 9 p.m., and I recommend that you do. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. Feel alive, and the world I'm turning inside out. Yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy. So, where would <laughs> sorry, where would Jeffrey Combs be? If it weren't for Reanimator, I don't know a good what answer. What kind of to that. actual legitimate career? Oh, would he have? come on! No, now. I'm just kidding. He's he's wow. done a lot of amazing work, but don't you think he'd be like the real deal? Like he'd be a leading man, I think, or at least at the very least, he would be a well-established, hey, it's that guy character actor. Yes, and not you know, uh, they're scream queens. What are the what are the scream guys called? Oh. Good question. I don't know. Um, Scream Jeans, because oh. Jean is a man's name, and wow. that doesn't work at all. <laughs> Which is what he is. Yeah. He's in Reanimator. People are like, who is this guy? Uh, and he becomes the, kind of that guy of that um, from Beyond and Help. And then yeah. he's probably cast in Star Trek shows because of that. Probably. Because he is good at being unsettling. Yes. His kids like him. <laughs> I'm sure. If you ever want to go to bed, like he's just him. like, "Oh, you'll go to bed." Like, Whoa! <laughs> Take the toy. Good night. Um, he's doing Star Trek and he's doing all that, and so yes. you know, and then he's still doing Star Trek. He did a lot of Star Trek. He did a lot of Star Trek. Yeah, but well, I just I don't know. I just feel like roles. if it if he had just been in a like a romantic movie or like if he was like the other take, um, I don't know, not Rob Lowe. Who's somebody else in St. Elmo's Fire? Stick him in St. Elmo's Fire. Sure. And he's good to go. Yeah. If he's in the Brat Pack. Sure. To the moon. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Um, maybe there's just, there's just a, something about Jeffrey Combs that, that, um, his, his intensity or, um, just like the way that he sells something that he could just never, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe you said, maybe if he had gotten into the Brat Pack or something like that, <laughs> that he, his life would have been completely different. But instead, he's in this this very strange but f- fantastical movie, Reanimator. Andrew and, McCarthy? That's one, right? I, I don't know. Take him out. <laughs> just like, you know, one night, just boom, right. back of the head, feet dragged behind the thing, and then... Ha- have up. Jeffrey Combs and Emilio Estevez, like... Trade places. Um, Hands off Emilio Estevez. (laughs) 
The only good Estevez. Uh, right? Well, his dad's okay, I guess. <laughs> Did you know? We got to talk about it. We will. We will. Did you know that? Uh, I don't point this out to be ableist. I just, it's just a fact. Did okay. you know that Martin Sheen, one of his arms is like three inches shorter than the other? No. Yeah. Like if he just stands like really? a Ken doll, you can really tell. Huh. And they've. He's lived. This is one of his skills as a, as an actor. In addition to being a good actor and being very good looking, uh, he holds his body in such a way that you don't notice it. But and I never wow. watched The West Wing because because I, I don't like fantasy. Yeah. Well, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, apparently, the president has this way that he sort of whips his sport jacket on, you know, when he's going to get out, leave the Oval Office, and that's you know part of that is him trying to hide the arm. But then you watch Apocalypse Now. Yeah. You have three hours to acquaint yourself with the length of this guy's arms. Yes. And you never notice it. No, I never once noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What's, uh, Interesting. what's Reanimator about? Bam! <laughs> 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 yeah. Car crash transition. Right. Uh, Reanimator follows a brilliant, albeit somewhat troubled scientist. Wow, you're, this is a pitch. Uh, uh, named Herbert we West. We in Switzerland. Y- yes. Uh, and he uh, gets, uh, we, we fast forward a little bit, he gets into this medical program at the States. Uh, he um, meets up with this other fellow student, Daniel Kane, and uh, he basically has helped create this green substance that helps reanimate oh my God. dead tissue. That's really important, but newsflash. What? If he marries the Dean's daughter, she'd be... Megan Kane. I okay. I don't get that. Th- oh, <laughs> sorry. I don't mean to like screech. Continue to all. with your recap. Oh, okay. Um, and he has tested it on animals, but he's like, you know, I ne- really need human subjects. So you're gonna help me. We're gonna test it on some from people that haven't been dead for very long. Uh, that goes horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, and hilarity, she ensue. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Gordon is, uh, he was an interesting guy. I, uh, that does not surprise me somehow. Gone too soon, uh, at the age of 72, last week. Yeah, it's too soon. And he wanted to be, he wanted to go to film school. Mm-hmm. But he did not go to film school. Okay. Uh, he came from Chicago. He tried to go to film school at the U of W, uh, that's Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and didn't get in. I don't know why. Um, and he enrolled in acting instead and then ended up doing in a- uh, theater all the things that he wanted to do basically in film. Sure. So just like scary things, spooky things. He did a play called The Game Show, which was basically uh, like a f- – It was in, remember, it's 68. It was like a – happen in freak out type thing. So I don't know like what the action of the play was at the beginning, but basically during the course of the play, they lock the doors of the auditorium and then they like drag people up on stage and like do terrible things to them. And the people wow. they drag up are, are plants. They're actors. They're Thank cast goodness. members. Yeah. And I, I think the show ended when the real cast members basically, you know, rioted or like, you know, made it stop, like stop this, stop doing this show. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, I think I would riot if I was in that audience. I, I would be like... He's a provocateur. Clawing at the doors. Yeah. No, he definitely is. Yeah. Eventually, he met up with a film producer 
Uh, and they basically, you know, they did Reanimator and uh, From Beyond, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of things went from there. Yeah. Um, well, it's 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 got it, it's it's such an interesting film because it's. Um, oh, we're going right into it. Oh, I sorry, don't know. Stu. Should should I go right into it? Well, oh, to the wow. king. Um, I, I Would you stop like... and talk if you knew that he created Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? That's weird. That, that's a, that's a weird thing. But if you think about how weird Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is, it's not cute. It's not like they're no, shrunk down and then they can find out that ants talk and then they're going to like, the ants are going to help them do stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're they're shrunk down. They're in the backyard. It's weird. They're, it's kind of gross out. They're getting dirty. Yeah. Ants are barfing on them and stuff like that. Like right. It's, if you told me that... A master of horror or schlock cinema, like, came up with this. I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see that. Not yeah. impressed. Say what you're going to say. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it, it's um, this, it, it, it toes a line of, of being, it, it's really funny, um, but it's also, like, really scary and horrific, but also really funny. Like, it goes back and forth between those two things. Um, it's funny. Really easily. It's funny. Yeah. But I don't think that it's – I think when it's, it's doing comedy, it's okay. <laughs> and it doesn't okay. do it a lot because uh-huh. I, I don't think that it thinks that it, that's its strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's – the cat's dead or whatever. Why didn't you tell me? You know, I left a note. What's the note supposed to say? Cat dead details later. Like that's right. one of the few actual jokes mm-hmm. in the film. The rest of it is just designed to be absurd and yes. to evoke laughter from you, which is also tinged with tension, like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, that's when, true. When um, the guy, uh, Dr. Hill, is giving his lecture about the brain and the life of the brain and the brainstem and everything, yeah. and he keeps snapping those pencils. <laughs> yes. It's, it's funny and it's ridiculous, but at the same time you're like, what is going on? What is your deal, dude? Right, right. What is this? I know. And I mean... It's, I, I, we, 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 you know, we're supposed to tell from the onset that Her- that Herbert West does not like this guy, and and we can tell like right away he he doesn't he's like him. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, he he he's he Herbert West, that. and this is I think that this is also I don't know I'm trying to think of some of his other work. I don't know how political he really gets, but there are this is a satire in the way that satire is critical this is there's this is critique there's criticism here Mm -hmm. and one of the criticisms is the uh, academia you can imagine why a guy who wanted to get into film school and the school said no makes a movie where the dean is just you know he's pumping his grant machine this quote-unquote genius dr hill who apparently was a psychopath who was right keeping a file on barbara crampton like in his drawer and also has like a personal pan padded room that's just off the side of his office. I don't understand that at all. Apparently he was like a supervillain just waiting for someone like Herbert West, who is a destabilizer, a catalyst into this solution, if you will, yeah. that suddenly sets everybody off going crazy. Right. But it, you can imagine it happening anyway. But he's a fraud. Like his... Everything he's got, he got from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And for everything that Herbert West is, and he's a lot of things, he is an original. He's Absolutely. somebody who's driven, and what he wants is the truth. Mm-hmm. He wants medical truth. 
He is taking on death itself. Yes. Nobody said you didn't need an ego to be in this business. <laughs> and so the, his ultimate enemy in this case is this person who has authority over him. Right. Who he knows that he's smarter than. Yes. I yes. bet Stuart Gordon ran into that a lot. I bet he he's did He's a real too. smart guy. Yeah. And a lot of people told him he couldn't do, do things. Right. Now, right. I don't know how much glowing stuff he had in his trunk. <laughs> But I think we got a start of a movie here. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I just, um, I, I really, um, I, I, I think for for a B movie, it, I think it was really well done. Yeah, it's um, a B movie, but it is self consciously a B movie as well. Yeah, they the, lean into that hard, but in a good yeah, way. But but they nail it. Yes, and this is not a a, a room situation where no. it's unintentionally funny, and then later on we try to claim that well, it's trying to make it funny. Like it's it knows it's bad and cheap. Yes, when it wants to be because because it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure that if you gave Stuart Gordon a hundred million dollars, he would make the the reanimator right in 5d but they knew they didn't have a lot and they did everything they could and they also knew that they could use the lack of budget and the kind of cheesiness to sort of send up the cheesy movies of like the 50s right well i mean something like like the the cat puppet like <laughs> Which does not it, not at all. Was there ever a living cat? Yes. It, it, during the sex scene, a PA throws a living cat An actual living onto cat. the back yes. of uh, Bruce Abbott. But, but otherwise, but after that, it is not a real no, cat. You do not the entire need rest of the an movie. animal handler on set, and it and it is very clear that it is not a real cat. <laughs> yes. But I think how horrific they made this thing look and sound adds to the movie. And as to how creepy and weird this thing is, yeah. and and to the unsettlingness. So I mean, it just again, it's like, well, that makes sense. Um, if they had used like a real cat, it, it wouldn't have been as weird yeah. and disturbing. Well, yeah. Now it would be like a CGI cat that right. is supposed to be more disturbing. But since you never accept that it's a cat, it's not really all that bad. Herbert West, hero or villain? Oh. Who's the protagonist of this film? Yeah, guy on the poster. It, it. I think that that's a hard question because I think I would say Daniel Kane is the protagonist in a lot of ways, but I think that Herbert West is also the protagonist. I think that they kind of share that privilege, if you will. Um, I will not. No. Okay. I refuse. Um. But you know. Um. Because, like, I mean, I guess Daniel Kane, he's kind of like the the uh, good-looking everyman uh, who is, like, the the audience surrogate. Um, he's the one who we, we start the movie with, but, but later on, there are scenes that he's not in that Herbert West is in. Um, so I think that they both push the movie forward, but maybe... I'm kind of leaning towards Daniel Kane being the protagonist. Um, you're just describing screen time. You've got a calculator and you're just adding up numbers. Well, I'm saying spiritually, who is the hero of this film? The, there is no other answer except Herbert West, right? Yeah, I guess. This is a movie about a man's effort to use science to mm-hmm. conquer Death. Not science. To, well, I mean, it's all science, I guess, but to conquer the forces of nature. And it's a real Victorian kind of 
tale or even yeah. Edwardian. Like it's you when you think about it, the the root of of science fiction. It depends on who you ask, but like let's just say that science fiction novels of the nineteenth century is not good. Like it's good that Captain Kirk can punch a bad alien in the face. Sure. And his ride was a was a spaceship that goes faster than light. That's how he got there. Science was like, I don't know about this. You know, the first science mass produced science fiction novel, Frankenstein, yeah. is about a doctor who brings things back from the dead. Yeah. And it's a real bad idea. Yeah. Because man is... shouldn't have yeah. done that. No. And so you get a lot of that uh, you know, throughout the nineteenth century. And so Lovecraft was writing in the like the teens or like the twenties mm-hmm. of the twentieth century. Yes. So it's kind of it's kind of a throwback. It I'm trying is. to think of like I, I don't know. I mean, like in just a few short years, you'd have um, early sci-fi. You'd have um, amazing fantasy, all the magazines and mm. like Lensman and like mm-hmm. sci-fi would be like sure there'd be monsters and aliens that would try to eat you still, right? But you shot them with a ray gun, mm-hmm. which was science. Yes. So I'm not sure why Lovecraft was like, let's do this. Except he liked the idea of humans tangling with things they don't understand. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, like, Herbert West is just, I know it's an ensemble film, but like, he's the guy that, that's that's the question here. If he never showed up, you oh, know. Oh, none of this stuff would happen. No, Dan would no, just continue no. to, you know, bone Megan on the sly and yeah. they'd graduate and get married. Right. If Dan didn't exist... Herbert West would still be shooting animals full of green stuff. Oh, yeah. He would have found some other guy yeah. to, like, rope into this. This movie would happen. Yeah. I, no, that's true. No, that, that is a good point. Uh, so, yeah. Um, oh, so we're done. Okay, oh, good. well, I don't know. <laughs> you like the score? Yeah. So, right You think after Bernard we, Herman likes the score? Yeah, I know. So, right <laughs> after we... The, the score is very good. But right after we finished watching it, you played the score for Psycho to me. And it's like, uh, no, that is pretty much exactly it. Except there's like a goofy part at the end there <laughs> that they added in. Um, but Totally different. Uh, right. Vanilla Ice agrees with me. You're, oh, geez. Yeah. He's the one to pull in. Um, I really enjoyed the part when like uh, he after he reanimated Dr. Hill and he reanimated the head. And the body separately, and then we see. Yeah, do they have separate lives now? Because you reanimate the head, you stick, right. it, you stick it in the brain, and this whole time it's a little. Uh, I don't say it's a plot hole because I just cursed YouTube uh, movie makers at the beginning, but like, if you stick it in the brain, that's how it works. Can you just right. stick it in somebody's ass and their ass comes well, to life? Well, he, he's like, well, I haven't tried this yet, so I'm going to do oh, it. So it works. Right. Okay. It must have worked. That's how good science happens. Experimentation. Um, right, and. Um, he carries his head around and it's like so goofy and like, yeah. and I, from what I understand, uh, the, the actor behind, uh, Dr. Hill, David Gale, you see a picture of him. I don't, he doesn't need a toupee. Like he doesn't wear a toupee, but right. he's got that horrible Yeti pelt in the film. Yes. Having to do with something that they had to do with the apparatus or some effect that they do. Maybe it's blood or something like that, or just carrying the head around. They would need to hide it with a toupee, so they're like, "Well, just wear it through the entire film." Yes, that's what's going on there. But okay. I think it's great because it's a character who is would is prideful and would be worried about his, his appearance, right? And either so oblivious or just you know supercilious to people's concerns. Yeah, that yeah. he would just be like, "What? What?" I know. Um, and then like I think we were talking about this before, but like we, there's something that we don't see, and it 
and and all the other bodies in the morgue spring back to life after our heroes are are in the morgue going after Hill, yeah. and he is somehow psychically linked to them all. Well, there's there's a deleted scene where we see um, because I think Doctor Hill is also into like hypnotism and, and mesmerism and stuff okay. like that, you know, because he's not only a neurosurgeon or, or whatever, but he's also you know, a psychologist and is into the mind and, and the, uh, the way it works. So he, there's a deleted scene where he hypnotizes all the cadavers after he reanimates them and that puts them under his control. Okay. I mean, I guess I can kind of believe it. Um, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the music helped, but um, I, I feel like a lot of this, I was watching on, kind of on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Um. And you know, like a good horror film, and like you're just like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? Like these, all these horrible things happen. Yeah, it's scary. You're afraid something's going to happen. It happens. You're like, oh my god. And then yeah. as it's wrapping up, that turns into laughter because the whole thing was just so ridiculous. ridiculous. You're scared and enthralled and amused all at the same time. Yes. Everybody in it is great. I can't think of anybody who shouldn't have been in it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the security guard a little more? Come on. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Yeah, what's his life about? Right. Um, Barbara Crampton is just like, again, we could just repeat the, the thing from the beginning of the segment. Uh, if not for this, right. where would she be? And I don't mean she wouldn't be anywhere. She might have an Oscar or something. Like, right. Because I think that she's a really great actress. Who unfortunately <laughs> just became scream queen, right? Uh, in a lot of films, um, she was on like a soap opera for a long time, though. Okay, she's doing fine. Yeah, um, I I loved to how like this this movie ends, um, like you know, um, Meg ends up dying and Dan can't handle it so you know what he's gonna do he reaches for the juice and it, and see what shakes loose and it it goes black and then you just see the, <coughs> the the green stuff going into her brain and then she screams and that's the end of the movie thanks for spoiling it okay for uh, however old movie it is <laughs> spoilers <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I want to see the cat come back. Does the cat ever come back? I haven't seen the sequels. There's a, there's a bunch of sequels. Oh boy, yeah. Bring the cat back for the sequels. Yeah. Can you? Cat of Reanimator. Right. <laughs> Rufus two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my shadows in my face. Do you feel better? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. We talked about some good stuff, so um, that makes me feel a little bit better. You know, we don't have control over much, but uh, we can we can add some positivity to the world. So Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, stage two of vamping. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make it seem like you have no idea where you're going. Oh, okay. We're all on this journey together. Right. It's a journey of self-discovery. Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there. Uh, join us on social media, Facebook and Twitter and all those great places because we're there and we want to hear from you and we want to, excuse me, near the end here. 
uh, we're, we want to hear what you want us to cover. Uh, yeah. Our plans are shot, uh, of course, because of the summer is we're all going to be indoors. There's no cons. Everything we were going to cover, all the movies we're going to see, they're all gone now. And so we need things to talk about. And we've got yes. some ideas, but we want to hear your ideas as well. So let us know. Just Enough Trope on Facebook and Twitter. Also, head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and review. It really, really actually does help us out. And we would really, really appreciate it uh, if you did that. Um, give us uh, five superfluous two, play, two plays. Two plays. Do that. We're going to go with that. <laughs> okay. It's all good. live. Nothing we can do. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, a two play is a hairpiece made of yogurt. All right. Now we know. So give us that. Uh, give us five stars. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, anything you want to say before we take off to the people at home? Um, stay cool. Stay chill. Stay safe. Uh, and then let's... See let's... you. See you in the fall. <laughs> let's uh, let's beat this thing together. Uh... Let's beat this thing. Let's win this. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right at that. So with that, we are signing off. Until next time, I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.